Hey guys, and welcome to Get A Life Podcast Kunai. It's been a while, but we're back, and we are going to be talking about Nanana's Buried Treasure today. I'm joined, as always, by Kevin. What's up, guys? And by Joe. How's it going, bros? My name's Pufa. Yeah, that, that's, not, that's something you would say, Vish, right? With both of you now. God damn it. Hey. Hey, Kevin. I'm just trying to make my best bitch impression. Oh, okay. Because I talk about PewDiePie a lot. Every time this man comes in the chat, he's just like, he starts off with some kind of PewDiePie He's a cool guy, alright? PewDiePie, if you're listening, sponsor us. I know he's a cool guy, but damn, man. Like, you love him. I, I think Bish is, like, secretly a mega fan of PewDiePie. He just, like, has closetfuls of, like, t-shirts with PewDiePie's face on them. Alright, so, um, for you new folks who are joining us for the first time, Get A Life Podcast Kunai is a monthly anime discussion podcast out of the Get A Life group. And unfortunately, due to the nature of what we discuss on this podcast, we cannot avoid spoilers of the shows that we're talking about. So today, it's not enough. So the shows that are based off of an existing piece of work, whether it's a manga, a light novel, or some other media form, we won't be covering those source materials. Materials, right? And it can be found on Stitcher, the iTunes Store, and Google Play. And if you'd like to recommend a show for us to watch and cover on Kunai, send us your suggestions on Twitter at GalpKunai, that is G-A-L-P Kunai, or by visiting our website at getalifepodcast.com slash contact. We only ask that you suggest shows that have at most 30 episodes over. Also, if you want to watch this anime and keep up, up to date with what we watch for Kunai, you can support us by signing up for the 14-day free trial of Crunchyroll Premium everything anime by using the link crunchyroll.com slash kunai. Alright, that being said, let's move on to Nanana for the general info. So, for those of you unfamiliar with Nanana's Buried Treasure, it is an adventure, action, supernatural comedy, and harem anime based off a visual novel written by Kazuma Otorino and illustrated by Akaringo and Nozomi Osaka. It aired during the spring season of 2014 and ran for 11 episodes, and it was produced by the animation studio A1 Pictures which was directed by Kanta Kame. So I want to get in and jump in the first impressions. I do have a story about this and you guys may know this has nothing to do with my friend Daniel. It actually has something to do with Xalaborg. I only found about this anime as a joke because I was subscribed to this guy called Xalaborg at the time and he done a parody, um, abridged version of it. And I thought it was fucking hilarious. So I, I took a look at it and I watched it simulcast and to be honest I kind of from the first impressions it got me hooked from watching the first episode the characters were very refreshing and I think the color palette kind of drew me in I would say so it was a pretty cool anime at least from my first impressions and it kind of got me hooked. It's actually interesting how I um first got to know Nana's Buried Treasure um when you recommended it to me like I thought like I saw it as like I thought it was gonna be like a symbolic kind of show I thought it was gonna be like the like the real treasures like the power of friendship or some corny shit like that <laughs> so I'm like it's like oh this should be interesting so I watch it and like oh I'm actually surprised like oh it has like all these magical um like these magical objects like there's actually this whole story behind it like there's this huge mystery about oh like this this girl named Nana was killed and she lives in your apartment in the main character's apartment now and you need to find out who killed her by finding all of the treasure I'm like was, I found that very interesting I get I guess it kind of reminded me of Yamato-kun because of like how like it incorporates real life with like these subtle um like magic entities. Know what I mean? Mm, yeah. But like I thought it was like when I first saw it, when I looked into it, it looked like just like a typical slice of life anime. Like oh like they're gonna find the quote unquote treasure like at the end of the show. But like once I started watching the show, like it it does have those aspects, but it started incorporating much more um fantasy related topics, and I really enjoyed that. So it got me hooked right away. So mm. Kevin. Yeah. As for me, um, as always, um, this is one of the cases where I go into an anime completely blind. For reference, um, basically all I knew about Nana's Buried Treasure before. Before I started watching the anime on Crunchyroll was I I heard the name 
like just in passing, I saw my timeline like twice. I never saw any art of it, any discussions about it at all. So it came in completely blind. The only thing I knew about the anime was the title. That's it, right? So I watched it, sat down, watched it, and honestly, for the first like five minutes, I was kind of confused because uh, the, the opening sequence, I was like, you know, it was really like Uncharted slash Tomb Raider esque, and I was like, wait, what the fuck? Is this supposed to be like the slice of life Lara Croft anime or something? I, I really didn't know what to expect mm. going into the anime, right? It's, it's something special. But but thankfully, episode one hooked me right off the bat, right? Because, uh, you know, the colors are really refreshing. The concept is pretty new to me. You know, personally, I haven't watched many anime or read any manga or whatnot that deal with treasure hunting. The closest thing that I can think of, actually, would be One Piece, and that's only because there's a search for a treasure involved. Other than that, you know, anyone with half a brain knows that these two shows are very different. Mm. Oh, there's one interesting point that you brought up about having it being a very unique concept. When I was watching it for the first time, the reason I mainly got hooked, and I didn't mention it before, was because I, I just came off watching Persona. So I came into this anime thinking that there was going to be quite a lot of mystery behind it, um, because obviously I read a bit more of the plot, and it, it, sent, it seemed to me like a murder mystery. So that's obviously with Nanana being the dying and them searching for ultimately they're trying to find the killer so it reminded me of that kind of persona vibe to it that's why i was hooked on it to answer your question kevin it um well not your question your statement um actually i think i'd seen like a lot of shows where like there was a similar concept but like i've never really heard about shows that have like straight up discussed the idea of treasure it's more like you have to f like like for example like shows that take place in like a medieval age or it's like yeah, there's always like a quest yeah like a quest like never like never like a concrete treasure you can get your hands on well for me anyway like other people might have watched you know broader scope of shows you might be like oh i can think of a few examples that are similar but for me it was something new it's the first time that i've seen a rom-com deal with the subject. Of course. Another aspect is that um, just from the title, from the first, you know, the Uncharted-esque five minutes, I was like, okay, so this is going to be like this rom-com slice of life anime where they, they work together as a team, they try to like loot tombs or whatever, right? But then, um, Nana's a ghost. So that caught me completely off guard, right? Because I thought it was going to be this typical, uh, normal treasure hunt. But then there was this Nana being dead and being a ghost that was suddenly brought into the mix. And that really confused me because I was like, okay, shit's getting interesting now. I don't know what to expect anymore because it's a treasure hunt anime, but it's also mysterious, like murder mystery, right? You're trying to solve a murder now. So uh, the concept was very intriguing. That pulled me in. And another thing that I think pulled me in right off the bat from episode one was just the, the opening. I'll get into that later, but opening character design, something that pulled me in along with the very unique an interesting concept. So let's talk about the favorite episodes and moments. I'll let you guys start because my um, I'm kind of embarrassed about my favorite moments and episodes. <laughs> There's just like all 11 episodes are my favorite episodes. 10 out of 10. End of the year. <laughs> my One of my favorite episodes was the beginning when you kind of get introduced to Nanana and es yes. especially Jugo as well. But I, I liked him and obviously I liked how they introduced his story. Like you didn't know much about him uh, at least within the first kind of episodes and I liked how they gradually came to that point where they introduced Nanana. So I think the first episode was was great. I liked it. Uh, as I would say, it's one of my favorite episodes. And I also like the episode where they introduce um, Master Detective and the maid. For obvious reasons, that's why I was kind of embarrassed to say, because the way they introduced it and the way they had that scene where there was something stolen from a museum and it was like, oh my God. And then that contrast where she's just sleeping in, in like a dump, basically. I, I, I liked that. And it kind of gave the character some sort of character. 
in a way. Um, I know it sounds really ridiculous to say that, but you guys know what I mean. So I think the first two episodes were my favourite within the whole of the anime. Although I do like, in terms of moments, I do like the different puzzles that they have to go through. My favourite puzzle was the... Shit, I can't remember which one. It was the one with the water when they go to the, the bathhouse. I think that was my favourite puzzle. Because it, there is just so much going on there. You know, you, you see a lot. You get the, the maid, a lot of water goes up his skirt. There's a lot of characters, they fall over and stuff. And I think that's Fish's that, favourite part of it. That just is. Like, with his freaking skirt flying in that, there. That is my favourite part. Sprats. I also like the episode after it or where he gets to use one of the treasures. And so that's why I'm kind of linking all of those episodes together. But what do you guys think? What are your favourite episodes? I'm really intrigued to know. I, I think my favourite episode was... It was after um, the... The what was it called? The the in house the in house episode. Um, it was when Jugo wanted to meet up with Yukihime and kind of like work everything out. It's like I felt that it's like when I saw that like they were both just like bickering with each other and then they make these like absurd they make this absurd proposition that involves a lot of fighting and like by the end like it's really weird when you think about it. like when you see scenes like those like you think like oh like they're being very like contradictory like with what they're saying but like when you think about it it all connects together it's like just seeing like Yukihime trying to deny um like Jugo's love and Jugo doing the same thing well not not, I don't want to say that because Jugo like really wanted to be by Yukihime say like he he basically made that meeting so that he could show her that it was something that she didn't really see like she and when he was using the treasure to like to basically restrain her and try to make her make up like do, do it by force like when you start crying like that that's when the scene really hits you it's just like it's like oh my god like she's actually in a lot of pain and then like you see them both like trying see them both trying to talk it out after Jugo has that realization about what's really happening and then like they both like reveal like what they really think about each other and like I'm just like th- when they made up it just felt really happy like it made me feel really happy to see that like something like because they had a lot of history back then like they like they had a lot of history in uh, Matsuri and like leaving when Jugo left Matsuri, it, it, like Yuhime saw it as a sign of betrayal, and like just seeing Jugo like help her feel like seeing Jugo give her resolve, like not resolve, um, what would you call it? Closure. Yeah, like no, not closure. It was like it's like she like he basically wanted to make her like res- feel rest, like feel rested and assured that that she he actually did care a lot about her. It's a long, it was a long description, but it that's why it was probably my favorite episode. Yeah. Um, as for me, I have a few favorite episodes as well. Uh, I have to agree with you though, Bish. Episode 1, I, I gotta say, it is something that, you know, after finishing episode 1, I was like, okay, wow. I didn't notice it while I was watching, but that was probably one of the best first episodes I've seen in a while, mm. right? Especially, like, it just contrasts this, and I and I hate to bring this up, but I'm so sorry, but I just contrast this with, like, Kizna episode 1, right? Or in other shows where, I'll be honest, for Kunai, with a lot of the shows where I'm not the one suggesting anime, um, the first few episodes always kind of feels like a grind because they don't do the, the first episode right, and you... It takes a while to get into the feel of the anime and for it to click and you, for you to understand what's going on and to start truly enjoying the anime. Hmm. In this case, with Nana's Buried Treasure, I really don't think it was the case. Right from episode one, I think they did a great job of introducing the show. Uh, and I was hooked immediately because for me, a good first episode um, means that it, it's basically the pilot, if you will. It's supposed to sell you on, okay, should I keep on watching or is this just not worth my time, right? A good pilot episode in my eyes, it tells you what to expect for the rest of the anime and it introduces all concepts of the genre. For episode one of Nana's, I find that you could see 
everything in it. You could see the supernatural aspects, the action aspects, the comedy aspects, and the, the romantic, romantic aspects in it, right? Uh, you're introduced to the mystery intrigue with the murder. There is the fucking... Okay, I, I laughed a few times during episode one, but the one moment that got me laughing and, you know, had my mind set for this anime was, you know, when um he first meets Nana mm -hmm. and like, she challenges him to, to a fight? And they wrestle. The arm-breaking moment, wasn't it? Yeah. Oh my and there's God, the fucking, fucking God's Territory moment, right? Where he's pinned down. I fucking died. Because I don't know if you guys know about it. Joe, I think you might know about it. Uh, have you guys ever heard of the quote-unquote absolute territory on Twitter or like in Oh, oh I know. I know absolute territory all that well. Of that exact meme while that was going on, and I fucking died. <laughs> Alright. So it's, it's it, really funny because, like, you guys are saying episode one was your favorites. It was actually one of my least favorites. Mmm, okay. I, it hooked me on the show. Like, it, had, it introduced a lot of great ideas that I, I felt were gonna be hearing a lot during the show, and I was excited. But, like, it was also that one episode where, like, all, like, almost every single anime trope imaginable was just being shot at you. Like, I felt like it was just very, like, it was very cheesy, and, like, I, it's, like, it's stuff like, oh, my God, they're doing this, they're doing that. Like, they're doing so many things that are just, like, like putting minus points on the show so far. I, I mm. think it needed to be, because then it goes into a very serious tone with, with Nanana, you know, ultimately being stabbed in the back and, and that kind of stuff. So I think it needs that. Well, I mean, you, you can still, like, make something silly and interesting, but you don't need to, like, you don't have to rely on common tropes. Okay. Fair enough. It did leave a, a good starting impression on me because I knew it had ideas that could work if, if they were done right. So I was like, I wanted to see it until the end. Now that you bring it up, yeah, there there were a lot of tropes, you know, with the um, with the landlord being the typical, you know, like alcoholic lady, and there are a bunch of tropes that are being thrown around. But I guess I didn't really notice it in the moment, just because. A lot of it was really funny. I was laughing. I was having a good time. So just, I don't know, the, the, the feel-good factor. Yeah. Stupid as that sounds. It's probably just me because, like, I like I usually like to start shows with a neutral mind, like, just to observe everything and see, like, what's it's doing right, what's doing wrong, and then, like, s and, like enjoy what it's been doing right until the end of it. Uh, another one of my favorite episodes, uh, like you said, uh, the confrontation between Fugi and Drugo was fucking heartwarming, all right? And it was that episode that made me realize that, you know, I didn't know that I needed the ship in my life, but I need it now, all right? Because until that point, I was really skeptical about those characters. They felt kind of underdeveloped and they felt like Team Rocket in a way. And I was like, oh God, are they just gonna be underdeveloped and super tropey and shit? And they're gonna be used as a joke? I think that episode, at least with uh, with Fugi, it made me um, mm. kind of gain more respect for her as a character. Speaking of my most hated episode, was in episode one for you, Joe. But I want to know what you guys think about episode eight, right? And episode eight, if in case you forgot, is when Ikusaba, aka Mr. Asshole, gets introduced. Yeah. All right. And I fucking, I fucking loathed that episode, all right? Um, I, at first I was like, oh, this guy, he's, he's like, he's a cool guy. And then, and then when the no. landlord explained <laughs> the situation, I was like, you're a fucking bitch, man. You just leave Nanana -na -na and you and you just insult her and shit. Obviously, he left because he didn't want to be involved in that, which is a bit weird because he was also he was in in the adventure club. You know, he is he was actively taking part in finding the treasure. But I, I just want to know why he didn't have that interaction with Nanana, -na -na, which is so weird. It was just like he, he didn't have the interaction with Nanana. -na -na yeah, that's what I'm saying. He didn't give a shit. He, he was just there. So they couldn't consult Nanana for his treasure hunts. He was just use, he was using her as a tool, like he uses everyone, right? So the reason I'll I'll get into like Ikusaba's character later, but just 
briefly. The reason I hated that is not because, you know, Ikusaba is an antagonist. I don't- I didn't hate it because they introduced an antagonist to the story. That's not why I didn't like it. The reason why I didn't like it is because of the way he was introduced and just his character himself, which again I'll get into later. But just everything about Ikusaba fucking screamed like your typical anime villain, which is like, everyone's always like, oh my god, dude, watch out for this guy because he's super duper powerful and he's super duper scary. And they tell you that you're supposed to be scared of this guy, that he's a bad guy, but you're never shown why, right? It's- I, I know what you mean because there's that moment where the, the head of the club was like, if you find him, run away, don't fight him. And I was like, why? Yeah, no, it's just so fucking like frustrating. And it's just everything about him. There's no villain trait that I, I can find in Ikusaba that makes him an interesting, compelling villain. He's not relatable as a villain, you know, and just his, his motivation stuff. It's all super tropey as much as I hate to use that word. Although I don't really like him as a villain, I have to say he like his his mindset was very interesting. It's like if you remember if you recall the um the arcade scene mm -hmm. with Jugo and Ikosaba. Like you see Ikosaba like like he's he's playing um a game of derby while he's talking about the concept of winning or losing. And I kind of like I kind of found it interesting that he's like thinking of like winning as like like sacrifice basically sacrifice everything you love in order to reach your goal hmm. like i just kind of liked his i, I kind of liked how he thought that deep and like thought about these different things while like while it's like let me rephrase it's just he was the fact that he was thinking so deep about like what does it mean to actually win like, what does it mean to actually lose it's like what does it mean to kind of reach your goal and get what you really want it's it was interesting to me you know it was definitely food for thought um but unfortunately like it he still didn't have much substance despite having that kind of mindset i i have to agree there unfortunately um moving on to a story what did you guys think of it? Because um, it was kind of weird in a way, and I, there's some points that I really want to bring up. This anime is 11 episodes long, and at first I didn't really expect it because I watched it simulcasted, and I was like, oh, there's. I thought it was going to be 24 episodes because you hear the title, Buried Treasure, and you assume that it's going to be fleshed out a lot. Um, although I, I've noticed that it didn't need more episodes. Like To me, I, I honestly felt that it didn't need more episodes. The story was told perfectly within the 11 episodes, and there was even filler stories, which was a bit weird. Like, you know, the story where um he goes and he needs work for to pay off his rent so he goes and he transports this flower which actually is actually flower it's not cocaine um to to the members of what were they called the three skulls the, yeah the, the three skulls the three skulls so you know i i thought that you know it did feel like um like a filler episode but those characters were introduced and they were integrated into later episodes of of nana's buried treasure so i thought that was quite interesting because i've never seen an anime that's done that before uh, especially within its fillers what did you guys think may i start yeah okay um for me i i have something interesting to say actually about nana's because i think that nana's it's the, the story you know, what I have to say about it is that it is an anime with two faces. Mm. It seems very lighthearted on the surface. Ha ha ha, you know, it's this rom-com comedy, you know, everyone's having a good time. Very funny, lighthearted. Everything's good with the world. But behind that like lighthearted surface, there's actually a darker core. And I think that's what's about, right? Because if you think about it, yeah, it's true that it's described as a harem anime, it's a rom-com, right? It's a comedy. But the story at its center, like if you think about it, Drugo's raison d'être is to find the killer that killed Nanana, right? It's a murder mystery, right? And not only is it dark because of this murder and death aspect, um, when Ikusaba gets introduced, as much as I hate him, he, he does 
darken the the mood of the story a bit from the you know the pure comedy that was happening earlier on he does bring out the darker themes and tones that the story has to offer right now what are you willing to sacrifice to achieve your goals and all that so it's don't let it fool you because yeah you can have a good time laugh with the anime but it also delves into some darker topics that I wasn't exactly expecting from an anime in this genre, to be completely honest. Give me an example of these darker topics. Well, it's just that, like, you know the conversations when um, Drugo talks with Nanana, right? And she, there's the conversations that come to mind, actually, to me, are, you know, like, what does Nanana want, right? Why does she want to find the killer? Does she want to pass on and stuff? And Drugo's in this dilemma, right? Because on one hand, he wants her to find peace. But he doesn't right, want her to leave. At the same time, That's definitely a huge topic in the final episode. Yeah, and also it's like you, you don't know what Nana's exact motivations are. Does she want to find the killer to find, in order to find peace for herself? But no, that's not what she wants. She reveals that, no, she wants to kill the person that finds her, right? So it wasn't something that I was expecting out of this type of anime. Like for Haganai, for example, right? It's in the same genre as Haganai. And Haganai, as we all know, is a lot more lighthearted. Yeah, it deals with serious topics too, but not on the same level that Nana's does it. And that's something that caught me off guard and that I liked. It's not something I didn't like, by the way. It's something I liked because it gives it a bit more depth to it. The comedy doesn't make it feel superficial. I agree with that. And I also want to point out a big story flaw because this is also talks about story is the fact that she says she wants to kill her killer, but she can't leave the room. Do you see what I mean? So in, in reality, she can never move on unless the killer is one of her housemate well what well i haven't read the manga or light novel so i wouldn't really know but what if that's kind of hinting at something maybe we don't know but uh, all i know is that this anime is based off three volumes of of light novel there's currently eight there is potential for that to be found out i want to say right now i enjoyed a lot of what the show did um i think like it was it was very funny and like it was very serious when it needed to be i thought the ending was very poor though yeah yeah here here's a here are a couple grapes that that i have about the ending so like you know how the whole plot was like, oh, we need to find the killer and like recover these these treasures from Nanana's collection. Not only was that unresolved, we did not find the killer, and and Ikusaba's quote unquote conclusion when he just left when he just left the battlefield was like, you know what, fine, I I like I'm not gonna fight you guys anymore. I'm, I'm leaving. Like you know what the conclusion was? He was reduced to a credit slot. Yeah. Okay. Well. I agree and disagree there, Joe. I have to intervene. I really disagree with one of the things you said. Like, it honestly really annoyed me when, like, I'm like, oh, what happened to Ikusaba? Like, after he left. Like, not, because, like, nothing was really concluded. It's like, you know what? I won't fight you guys now, but, it's like, maybe someday. I don't know. They didn't really make that clear. No, like, and then, like, once you got to, and, like, by the time you saw the end, like, the ending credits, you saw, like, a screenshot of him being captured with chains. And, like, we're, we like why didn't we get to see that why didn't we get to see him get captured like it was just something i was like oh so that's it like, is ikusaba arc done um i i agree with you on one point i disagree with you on one point yes i i have to admit fully here that um especially since for, for whatever reason when i set out to watch the anime i looked at the, the the sheet and i was like okay 11 episodes but for whatever reason while i was watching it i forgot that it was 11 episodes i thought it was the standard 12 so the setup for the last episode is like okay this is gonna be a Big fight, super exciting, you know, and it was a long fight, but the fucking ending, holy shit, right? It, it's just, you could, it, like you said, Joe, it boils down to, I, this is, this won't be the last you guys will see of me, and it's, it, the, the fucking payoff for, like, what is it, three entire episodes of fucking development and tension feels so cheap. I, it was like a cop-out. When the credits rolled in episode 11, I was like, that's it? Mm. 
Right? Exactly. It, it's, no, like, it's like the Destiny ending. I, I, that's why I felt I was playing Destiny. Right? I'm not it's sure where you disagree with me there. Like, I agree with you in all of those points. What I disagree with you, though, is the the way that, in what you said, that it felt cheap because you didn't find who the, the killer is. Well, no, that's the not, that's not what I that said. The reason for that is because... That's not what I said. No, I said... You, no, you I don't said find like, out who, who the killer no, I, is in the, the 12 episodes. No, I'm, I said that as an example. Like, I'm saying, like, overall, like, the point, like, a lot of the points were just unresolved. Well, that, that, you, that's understandable to Joe. Like, it's, it's not even a 12-episode anime. It's an 11-episode anime. Right, it's but, like, a, no, like, I thought... season, Wait, so, right? here's the thing. What if we didn't focus on, like, on, um, on the killer anymore? What if we were focusing on, like, oh, we need to stop Ikusaba? Like, I, I, like, it would have disappointed me, but I would have been fine with it, because, like, you know, maybe it's, like, something that happens in the manga, or, like, the, like, now, like, they, they're saying, like, oh, like, watch the, um... Like, like, read the other books to find out more about, like, the killer or, like, more of the treasures. Like, I, I would have understood that. But the thing is, like, episode 10 had a cliffhanger where we saw Jugo basically dying. Like, even though, like, the... What was the treasure called? It was, like, the... The, the ring? The ring yeah, of, like, the Death God or something similar to that. Yeah, the one that, that suggests yeah, like, pain and mental images. Yeah, but, like, he... Even though it was all his imagination, like, he still felt that pain. He was about to die. Like, he... Because he thought he wasn't breathing. So... For, for me... He would have I... ended up dying. Like, I thought, like, oh, it's going to be this huge, like, I thought there's going to be, like, a sacrifice at the end, like, there's going to be, and then, like, there's going to be this intense fight to finish it off, and, like, while, like, trying to mix some of that lightheartedness that the show's known for. But, like, it did, it just dropped it. Like, not even, like, I, I want at least that to have some kind of nice conclusion. That's the thing, it's like, you can't have such a great conclusion like that in 11 episodes. I'll be real with you. They had 20 minutes, they had 23 minutes to p make a conclusion. That's not about hard. what about what about like just like to end the fight off right like the I've like here. okay well the the fight thing we're not disagreeing with you about the fight Joe the thing that I'm disagreeing with you about is the the greater overarching plot which is the killer who killed Nanana and for me it's completely understandable that they didn't address that in eleven episodes because the light novels didn't address that in in the first like three novels yeah, of either course. right. It's the greater story. You can't just finish the entire series That's in eleven episodes or in like three light novels, right? No, like what if what is like they reveal the name like they they ha they kind of teased who the killer might have been. Well, if they the thing is they're focusing on Ikusaba, right? If they just threw out a killer's name out of there, it would have felt very very cheap, in my opinion. It has to be done right after the Ikusaba situation was done, like a post credit scene or something. I think that would have been a cock tease, and I just fucking hated it if it did that. To be completely honest, just then like the fact that it. it Try to build something and like drop it right after. It's just it's just me. I'll be honest. The way that they've kind of ended it like that makes me think: Are they? I don't, I don't know why I'm saying this. But it's just eleven episodes and such. I don't think. First of all, I don't think they can get such a, a great ending from eleven episodes. No, I didn't expect anything huge. I didn't expect like the perfect ending. I just want like an ending that was at least decent. You were talking about the whole idea of how come there was no hint to who the killer was. We don't know. Maybe in the light novel, that's three volumes of light novel. There's not going to be any sort of hint within that. I'm judging this as an anime. An anime production. I'm not judging it as like... Well, you must recognize that it is an adaptation. Yeah, exactly. It's an anime adaptation. It's not an original story. It is based of light novel. And bear in mind, usually like a season of anime is three light, no uh, three light novel volumes. So there's potential for another two seasons of this anime to run on. They're not going to hint who the who the killer is in the first season. Do you know what I mean? Like that's that's how I feel it works. And I understand why they did that. How it is. As cheap as it sounds too, now that we 
mentioned that, I think that it may tie into the business aspect of an anime. As much as I hate it, I'm not saying that this is a good thing, but... Well, maybe I shouldn't have said, that... like, they should have, like, revealed the name of the killer. Maybe I should have said, like, they should have hinted towards it, like, a well, big if they, clue. if they don't do that in the light novels, Joe, they, they can't really do that in the show, right? You have to say... Well, like, how am I supposed to know that as an anime to... viewer? Well, not... Well, maybe you can find out if you read. See, like, I was just saying, this is anime at the end of the day... It's a business, right? You're me it's meant to sell a novel. Exactly. Oh, you want to find out what happens to Killer? Go read the freaking light novel. It's the same way that they did with um, Excel World. Same sort of situation there. They wanted to promote people um, buying the games, buying the light novels, etc. So I think it's the same issue here. And yes, it does damage the anime in a way because, you know, you're forced to kind of read the, the manga and the light novel to, to get more of the story and to get more of a hint as what's going on. That's exactly what I'm saying. But that's that's the industry. Like, I can't, I can't blame it on the studio for making that choice because it's probably something the production team wanted to do. Yeah, that's yeah. fair. It's just, I don't know. If it's not in the light novel, they, they can't do anything, right? Yeah. Unfortunately, that's just exactly. the constraints that they have to work with. It's just I'm, I'm sure they work out the story like down the line. It's just like I guess like as an anim like the anime alone just kind of left a little sour taste in my mouth. But like although I, I do have to say I really liked what it was what it presented like the like the the Nana's collection like just like seeing all these charges in action and the ruins like oh my god I loved like those ruin segments when they were trying to solve puzzles and stuff like especially the um the last one the show when they were going when they had to work with the 13 zodiac signs like it was that was really that was really nice well i, I find that although this anime can be complex and you know that the runes can be you know they look nice they're aesthetically pleasing and you know the puzzles seem complex and all that but honestly and the achilles heel is that it seems super complex presented as super hard to resolve and then tensai walks in two minutes later the entire thing is is solved and it feels cheap it's it no it's it's bullshit in a way because a plot device right that is just overused ultimately it was nana that hidden all of these treasures and we it's safe to assume nana, nana was the one that done these traps as well so bear in mind nana is like what 16 years of age or however old she is when she done all of this well it's not necessarily her that had buried it actually i think it's the leprechaun that's that scattered it around the island Oh, the leprechaun? Oh, right, right, right. They mentioned the leprechaun. Like, like, well, I mean, it's not like a leprechaun per se. It's like a an alias. Even if it's designed by Nanana, -na -na, okay? Everyone else is fucking stumped by it. And honestly, I don't mind Tensai figuring, figuring out the puzzle. But she does it in, like, the space of two minutes and then has a perfectly logical explanation for fucking everything. So all that complexity that they try to present to you like two minutes ago is completely Are you, are you saying that Tensai like, is a Mary Sue? Wet. No, I think I want to say not, um, I think I want to say Tensai is a really, Jojo. She's not really a Mary Sue because uh, I don't, I, I wouldn't compare it to Yozora alright, but I just find that unfortunately just her being a master detective and super smart is just overused. I don't mind it like the first like few times but after a while it's just like, come on it removes any it's like fucking Armin. It's like fucking Armin from Attack on Titan. Herder der, we have a problem. No problem, guys. We have Armin. He'll instantly solve the problem that we have. The Tensai really reminded me of, um, like a JoJo character. It's like, you know how, like, in, um, you know, sometimes in, like, some JoJo fans will understand. It's like in some scenes, like in the anime or in the manga, it's like you'll see them, like, trying to encounter an enemy, and, like, occasionally they'll, like, think out the, the, the strategy that the enemy is using and they go into these really deep explanations about why this is happening and like they just they end up like pulling through in the end speaking of tensai i really want to talk about characters let's talk about favorite characters here um who's my favorite characters within the anime i really like most majority of the cast i really do like i'll, I'll be honest with you um why do i know who this is gonna be i love tensai tensai is one of my favorite characters of course uh, hang on is she favorite character or, or best girl 
Let's make it a one of, one of my favorite characters, but favorite. Okay, and I'll explain why she's my favorite character. She reminds me a lot of um, not only with her, within her character design and her voice, but it's it's. I think she reminds me a lot of Tiger from Toradora because she's quite short. I fucking knew it. And she's I got blonde it. hair. <laughs> And she's got that, that, that little snaggletooth thing that's coming out. So she's an incredibly cute character, but it's also the fact that she's very intelligent. And you may not like that in, in the sense that she just instantly knows about the puzzles and shit. Well, but I, I find it's like, it's cool because she's the only smart one there and she has this kind of charm to her, especially when she um when she was, when she called herself a master detective and then she just laughs along with everyone like in the, in the school. Like they're laughing at her, but she's just laughing with them. And I think that's, it's kind of badass. I want to know more about her as well. So there is that kind of mystery. I was like, oh, why, is, why is she this master detective? Why does she want to become that? And I feel obviously that we're not going to get an answer to that. But it, it's, that is that mystery that attracts me to her and that's why she's one of my favorite characters i have other favorite characters of course as i mentioned the uh, todomatsu shu uh he was hilarious you know the guy with a uh, hundred faces you know the disguises guy he's quite funny he, he provides a level of comic relief that i really enjoy especially when he was <laughs> when he was dressed up as yukihime and then he does the voice and shit and he's just like he decides to give her massive tits <laughs> i i thought it's it just he doesn't get much character development but i think he just he's just funny and that's why i like other characters that i enjoy i wouldn't say he's a favorite character but he's he's on that list i also like wait for it guys wait for, wait for it guys i know it's gonna oh be <laughs> oh dear i think i know oh dear go go daruku i knew it why daruku why daruku because i don't know it's like she had ah, i keep on calling her she it's a he daruku is a a dude, by the way, guys. Oh my He's God. a trap. He's not, actually, they mention it in the anime. Tensai says, Daruko's not a boy. <laughs> He's a trap. So it's it's kind of like, it reminded me of um, the whole Hideyoshi thing. Like, oh no, Hideyoshi's not a dude. He's he's Hideyoshi. So it's the same sort of thing here. And I like how they acknowledged that. I think it was very funny. I also like the, the interactions that he has with um, with Tensai. Like, he's like, oh, Tensai is my senpai. I need to, like, especially with, with the um, saliva thing that's going on oh my god yeah, th those moments so i i love those moments and i think that's why you know i i want i want to secretly be dark like you know i i feel that sometimes oh do I'm you like, know so you so you want to have like somebody you love dearly so you can every time you feed them food you just want to slowly taste their saliva maybe i don't know valentine's day is coming up so that that might be why i'm saying this it's confirmed guys bish is open to the opportunity uh, if you ever want to like cosplay is um hushino or daruku and uh you know post pictures on tumblr page for the fans you know I would love to do that. I think if Bish ever tried to cosplay as Daruku, I would just quit the podcast and go kill myself. I made this joke about doing like cosplays like with hairy legs, like Miku <laughs> with hairy legs or Nico yeah. from Love Live with hairy legs. People that have heard the podcast before know about this and I, I believe Tyson also knows about this as well. So I'm I'm pretty up for, for doing that. Maybe for charity. I don't know. Um, other characters that I really do enjoy has to be Nanana. No, no, no. I, I like Nanana. No, no, no. Not only from her character design. Her character design is pretty weird because you, you rarely see Nanana no, no, no in this kind of clothing. She's wearing very kind of like an angel of some sorts. You know, she's wearing white clothing. It's It looks like it's silk by the way it's drawn. And, you know, even her hair color is, is slightly lighter than, you know, the, the previous scenes that they show her in, you know, when she's adventuring and shit. I, I like her, you, you know, because there are some very interesting things about her. I want to know what, what is that thing dangling on her chest? Is it actually a... Um, one of Nanana's collection. That's what I want to know, first of all. Second of all, you know, I can relate to her a lot. So, you know, she's... Effectively, she is, a, she is like a... 
obsessed gamer she, you know, she likes playing all these games especially fighting games and retro games and things like that and online games so i, I kind of have that connection to nana in that sense and she's also incredibly hilarious and the way that she teases jugo i think is is, is quite nice it's quite charming as well so those are my favorite characters i want to know about yours oh um, fun fact uh D- Daruku is actually voiced by um, Hanakana. She's she's an Orima. Oh my god, she's Kuroneko, best girl Orima. That's actually amazing. I, I didn't even need to read the rest of the list. She's an Orima. That's that's all I care about. Alright, so she's vo- like she's voiced like Kuroneko. She's voiced um Ten- Tenchi from from Angel Beats. Kobato as well from Hakanai. And Shina Mayuri in the Steinsgate anime. Shiro from Dead Man Wonderland. Hey, she's had some pretty big roles. She's vo- she's voiced Chiaki Nanami from Danganronpa Three: The Sparrow. Oh wow! She's also voiced um, Rana from Freezing. And I'm the so basically, she's like a massive voice actor. Yeah, she's like one of the biggest voice actresses out there. Oh, she's also in um, Shirokuma Cafe, Polar Bear Cafe. Kevin, if you remember that. Oh my God! No, I I know. Oh Jesus! She's wow. she's Mei Mei. I don't remember who the fuck Mei Mei is. I just remember Polar Bear Cafe. If I'm not mistaken. I, I, I oh think it was God, Panda. That, that no, no, wait. Though. Yeah, no, that's that's Panda's little sister. Remember Panda's little sister? Oh, yeah. Yeah, she was Panda's little sister. Memories. Memories. But back on topic to uh, Hoshino, though, or Daruku. Uh, what are your thoughts on her jail? Um, Rita? On him, on him, rather. Sorry. Oh, from, on Daruku? Yeah. Alright, so well to be honest, um, I was, she was going, she, he, he. Was, he was going to be my... <laughs> My best girl until I found out that he, like, she was actually he. Like, he was like, dude, dude, uh, like, girl, like, uh, this girl is probably be my favorite girl in the show. And I find out she's a guy and I'm, and I, I feel something break inside of me. I, I feel you, man. You know what I felt at that exact moment? Well, how did you feel? I, the one, if I could describe my internal feelings in one scene, it'd be like, you know, when fucking Darth Vader is like, Luke. I am your father. And he's like, no, no, that's impossible. And he fucking jumps off. Yeah, that was literally <laughs> me. Um, because of the intro, uh, the opening, all right, uh, for whatever reason, you know, the, the flick that... It reminded me of um, of Haganai with, with Sister it, Maria. Yes, it reminded me. Yes, that, that was exactly what I was thinking of. I was like, if you had the Mira's pose, but you had Yukimura doing it, that was basically Hoshino. It's, it's weird in a way because that pose has some sort of taboo with it, you know, especially with... Yeah, no shit, yeah. With with Haganai and had Sister Maria with, with the bag of chips, it was like, no, she's a lolly. No, she's, you know, I, it, it has that taboo there. And it's it's the fact that, you know, Daruku is, is, is a trap. So I think that's, it's those two taboos playing at each other. That's like, although I really like Daruku, um, he's actually not my favorite character. Mm-hmm. Who is? Out of curiosity. My favorite character is Kagatora. Hmm, interesting. He was first introduced during the, the in-house episode. What? <laughs> I just love because he had like this like, he had this like monotone in his voice and like he like he he's saying like the, the funniest things with that straight face like for example like one of the scenes when like Daruku's trying to like taste making ten size slide again like he just he just looks at her with this like with this like sharp glare just like oh you know he <laughs> You know you want to want to taste that saliva. Don't don't deny your desires. Yeah, he he did make that scene a lot funnier than it. <laughs> it's not just that, like him reacting to like he he reminds me of Jugo in a lot of ways, like as far as the comedic factor is concerned. But like he mixes that with that monotone, um, like that monotone in his voice, and it's just amazing. You, you know who he reminds me of, Joe? You know from Bucket to Test, the the teacher that became the narrator of the show, the really monotone guy. Reminds me of that. I I know I I kind of know what you're talking about. <laughs> 
<laughs> no, like, I'm starting to remember. Like, there was one guy who just kind of, like, he kind of just started to narrate. Any other notable characters for you? Notable characters? That's a good question. Tynator is definitely my favorite, but I really... I guess I also say I enjoyed, like, Shu's character, um, Ishin's character. Like, Shu, I, I, I just kind of liked how Shu was a little goofy, yet he kind of knew exactly what he was doing. And for Ishin, I kind of liked how, like, I liked his desire to achieve his goals. Because, like, even though they weren't exactly the most positive desires, like, he wanted to, to be number one in front of everyone else like even though that's like that's something that's a little concerning i kind of like how he had like he wanted to go from this this person who was a nobody to like somebody like to somebody who's at the top you know what i mean i completely understand yeah for me uh i i gotta disagree with shu personally or shu to be more accurate uh he reminds me in a way of ironically shu from nisekoi mm, and I, yes. I find that he's whoa for, for, for me oh let, let me explain whoa. Oh, right? I, my I agree with you, man. It just... He's funny, yeah, but his role is this, it's, he never evolves, he does the exact same thing in every attempt, he's always just disguising himself, he never does anything more than that, right, unlike Fugi. Fugi, we get to see her- Yeah, but a, he's not, like, going out of his way to just be a shitty person. Fugi's not a shitty person, what? No, I'm talking about Shu. Like, Shu yeah, is not going out of his- Because, like, in, in Nisekoi, like, Shu, like, was just jumping in, like, jumping inside these, like, situations, and, like, having, like, dumb smile on his face, and, like, just screaming about a bunch of things, and, and right after that, he just get beat being the shit out of by um freaking miyamoto yeah the thing is, the reason why I say that he reminds me of Shu from Nisekoi is that he's funny, yeah, he provides comedic relief, yeah, but he never evolves. He's he's a punching bag for jokes, and it's just like, okay, it, it gets boring after the fifth time I've seen this exact scenario with him, you know? Well, like, I've seen a lot of characters in, like, video games or shows that have had, like, personalities similar to him. Like, it's like, he acts goofy a lot, like, that's kind of part of personality, like, they don't take a lot of things seriously, and... But, like, at the same time, they know how to be serious when they need to be serious it's like it's those those are kind of those are characters that i like it's like for example like if for any of you who have played um played like ace like ace Turn investigations too like there's like the fan the fan name is raymond shields he's very like he's an attorney who's often very carefree he's very like laid back he doesn't take much things seriously but when he needs to be serious he will be serious well i don't know shoe for me it just, there wasn't a click for, for me it just felt that i was disappointed because he's basically like fucking what was it james from team rocket yeah he, he's just a trope that okay yeah you're, you're you're a joke man you're just there to fill to, to be a joke to make the audience laugh and that's it he is very conserved though like, he's very like he kind of keeps a lot of things to himself as well i must admit that uh you guys gotta help me here all right because <laughs> just after he, as this conversation has progressed i think that my my favorite character has switched or at, or at least in the very least there's another character that i've realized you know so so tell us who who's your initial favorite character and then it was fugi okay Okay, All right. it was Fugi because I felt that just episode seven, like I mentioned, that heart to heart confrontation between Fugi and Drugo was really well done. And you get to see you know, what she thinks, her feelings for Drugo, the relationship. It's really fleshed out well in episode seven, which is I, I really liked that. Um, So I, I find that, you know, I was expecting Bish to laugh at me for saying Fugi because, you know, Fugi is like Yozara. But for me, Fugi is like Yozara because she has black hair and you know, there's like a childhood promise involved. But unlike Yozara, she's actually a decent human Whoa. being. No, 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 no offense. Whoa. No offense, Bish. She's actually a decent human say, being. Kevin? Okay. You can't say that <laughs> shit about Yozara. We're, sorry, not sorry. No, no. <laughs> on the next episode, we we are gonna take this downtown. No, like the next episode is just gonna be like a video cast of 
of Kevin and Vish just duking you. I'll down fuck you up, Kevin. Just boxing, yeah. Pay per view. That's what we're gonna do, man. <laughs> that's why I I had Fugi is my um, favorite character, but not to you know diminish her. I think that Drugo needs some fucking praise here. Okay, I was surprised that, that you guys didn't mention Drugo as much as I was expecting because he's protagonist. I don't know why, but in the rom com genre, a lot of the time protagonists like in fucking Nisekoi, they're just fucking they're they're so stupid and annoying that you hate them. But Drugo, he reminds me of a bit of Kodaka, right? It's one of the reasons why, for whatever reason, I'm drawing parallels between this anime and, and Hakanai. But nonetheless, um, you know, just just like the plot of this anime, you know, it's he's two-faced in the way that, you know, he pretends to be this very light-hearted, very, you know, he's a white knight on the surface, right? Your typical good guy. But then in episode four, I don't know if you guys remember, that's when his true nature is hinted at, it is revealed, right? Because he's not your typical good guy character, right? He's actually a misanthrope. Those of you who don't, who don't know what a misanthrope is, it's someone who loathes or hates humanity, right? And it's just because he is described as a person who doesn't see the point in helping others, right? That's what he says himself anyway, right? right? So unlike your typical protagonist, having that misanthrope element mm, That's him, a bit weird though, because I don't think that's true. Because his dad called him out on it, especially with... um with the whole Nanana thing because he is he's technically he is helping out Nanana that's the only reason that he's um fine or the only reason that we know that he's helping Nanana find this collection and ultimately find use the collection to find the killer well admittedly that that's what I brought up as well that I took note of it's confusing at times because he does say that just the fact that he says that you know oh I don't believe in, in helping other people is interesting but it does make it weird and confusing because there are moments you know when he's like he He's clearly, he feels something for Nanana, right? He's looking at her sometimes in the apartment, and you can't tell whether that's just there for comedic effect, all right? They just added there for shits and gigs to get a laugh out of the audience, or whether he genuinely feels something, right? Yeah, like, that's, I have to say, like, Jugo is definitely one of the better better main characters I've seen in anime. Um, because he, because, like you said, like, a lot of main characters in, like, Slice of Life, like, like, Slice of Life TV shows, rom-coms, um, harms, like, it's like, I, they're really stupid. They don't really know, they're not really aware of, like, what's happening around them. But, like, I really like how he's, like, he's self-aware of all these different things, and he kind of has his own personal feelings to govern them. It's like, for example, like, like, yeah, he's, like you said, he's, like, is he's a misanthrope. He doesn't like humanity. Like, that's apparent. And, like, the fact that he's also, like, a member of this group of thieves called, like, Matsuri. Yeah, and, like, the fact that he, he's making, like, these, they reveal that he made all these self-decisions on his own. Like, it gives him substance. Like, it, it isn't like he's being guided by the story. He actually made those decisions. Like, he's not I being like guided it. by the story. He, he is driving the story. Yeah, he's kind of driving like. the story itself. It, it, like, in some, I find that it's kind of weird because he's... He's not exactly a tsundere, but he kind of is in a way because he's like, what? I don't, I don't like helping other people. I'm a misanthrope. He is in I that in that regard, but eventually he usually just comes out in the open. So like, I can't really say like he kind of hides it. Before we move on, though, uh, I should mention Ikusaba. I mentioned earlier that I didn't like him, but specifically, I don't know how you felt about the way he was presented as a character. But the two things I think that fucking just got to me is him as a character is that. You mentioned the speech, right, and about how it was food for thought. For me, it was the exact opposite. Because for me, it was your cliche expositional speech about the quote-unquote power and other bullshit that makes the villain look smart. But it's all superficial bullshit in the end. In my eyes, at least, right? So it's just, you're not showing, to, to me, they don't show us 
why he should be feared. It's just they give him a bunch of overpowered abilities, and he just, for example, it, it's your, the problem with the way he's presented it's that it's a typical presentation where um, he completely wrecks um, this random character beforehand, right? In this case, it'd be Kagetora, right? So you go, oh my god, he's so powerful. How are we ever going to beat him, right? So it, it's just they... The, the power creep is just way too fucking strong, I think, with with Ikusaba, and I just did not like the way that he was integrated into the story. I don't know if, how you guys feel about him as a character, if you feel that he has any merits, but... Well, I mean, it also comes down to, like, the fact that I didn't really like episode 11. It's like, episode 10, like, I felt like it was... Here's, there were a lot of things I didn't like about him, like, episode 10, I think, was, well, like, the best, like, examples of him being, like, somebody to be messed with. Like, somebody not to mess with, because... It's like, he had this power, and, like, we saw, like, this genuine felt like there was no bullshit. It's like, we kind of... Like, there were reasons for what was happening, and, like, at the end, when, like, he was using his ring to just, like, give him these mental suggestions, to give, um, Julie's mental mm -hmm. suggestions, and being falls to the floor, like, die to imagination, basically. Like, that that wasn't... The fact that that wasn't, like, elaborated on is what really got to me. It's like, he had this extreme power, and he's, like, he did absolutely nothing with it in the end. The one, one thing I wanted to mention about him was that... I, sometimes I feel that he's he's kind of unnecessary. Like, I know... Like, unnecessary or necessary? Unnecessary. Like, I understand why he's there in the story, but at the same time, like, I didn't like the way he was introduced. Like, he was introduced as this... It, it, it was kind of tropey, the way as he was introduced. Like, yeah. Like, do you know what I mean? They blurred his face in the picture and shit. And I was just like, what the hell, man? Like, they, they do this a lot in, in this kind of anime, and then they introduce him as this... As you mentioned, as this, like, overpowered character. But at the same time, I understand why they included him, because... Because without him, this anime would just simply be like kind of like a monster of the like week. Slice of life. No, you know, like those like Pokemon. It would like, be very straightforward. Yeah, it would be like oh, each episode we're finding a new artifact. Like that's how it is without him. So yeah, I understand why true. they introduced him, but I didn't feel he was introduced in the correct way. Yes, yeah. that's two words right out of my mouth. Can we talk about best girls? Please. Yeah. Okay. Hang on. I want to see yours first, because I'm curious to know whether... Because you mentioned Tensai as your favorite character. I'm just wondering, I'm itching to know whether Tensai is also your best girl. Or whether it's it's someone else. Best girl. The drum roll, please, guys. Um, best girl is actually... I don't know how to explain it, because you guys are going to judge me. Um, out just with say it, it. Out with it now. Come on. It's Hoshino. Tell us. It's Daruku. <laughs> Wait, no, that'd be best trap then. No. That'd be best trap. Okay. No, 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 Let's no, Kevin. Kevin, here's the thing about traps. The gender they are is what you believe they are. No, no, you, there's no going back, Joe. After the reveal. Tensai did explain this. But um, honestly, yeah, I would say out of just out of aesthetics, my best girl would be Dark, even though he's okay. a dude. But H Hard to argue with that. Hard to argue. My real best girl is Tensai. And why? Okay. Why? Because of design. Um, because I, I like characters like that. She's just... Taiga? Huh? Because of Tiger, she yeah, she tiger. reminds me a lot of Tiger. She has, this, she's very intelligent, and she's just cute. You know, it's like, and mm, and the okay. fact that she laughs is just the laugh is just too funny. Is is the best moment for me. Like, you know what it reminds me of, Bish? What? Um, just I'm so sorry for bringing up Haganai, but just this this anime, it just screams Haganai in certain regards. The, her her laugh and her being a to be no, fair, every show we cover just screams Haganai in some way. Yeah, I guess it's just my Haganai bias, but just her being in character and her being a master detective re reminds me of uh, Kubato's her, her cosplaying, right? Her going yes, the, the, that it does remind me a lot of that, and also because she is quite small. Um, yeah, I I just like the what she's wearing, the cap. 
and the way she has this confidence. Everyone's making fun of her, but she has so much confidence, and I and I I really respect that. I also think she's pretty cute. I'm just saying, just um, uh, just saying. That's why she... Fujisaki's new design is really great. You know, I, I I don't want to acknowledge it, but <laughs> you know exactly what you know exactly what I'm talking about. That's why I know, but. Uh, <laughs> So who's who's your best girl, Joe? Uh, Star. What, what's it's, this hesitation? Come it, on. It's Starku. See, see, I was right. What the fuck is up with you guys? Starku, best girl, 2017. No, we need. If if this continues, we're gonna need to create a new category for our format. We're gonna have to add like a best trap category now. The maid. The fact just, that he's it, a maid. It, it breaks my heart, though, guys. It breaks my fucking heart that it was a trap. But Joe, you said that. But the, what you said earlier about you know traps or what gender do you think they are? I disagree, Joe. Once it's revealed to you, there's there's no going back. You can't view that character in the same way anymore. At the same time, even even Jugo, he's like he he does get tempted, and that's the whole point of the trap. And I think it's very it's a very interesting topic to talk about because even Hideyoshi, I think he was he looked exactly the same as his sister. But I I find Hideyoshi more more attractive than his sister. It's it's really weird, and I think the traps are made to make you feel that way. I think that's the point. You know they're dudes, but you still feel that way because they're designed to make you feel that way. And I think I don't know why though. What? Why are they just there to troll it's, us? It, like... It's the taboo. It's 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 that it's that it's just that sense of taboo. You know you you know that you're not into it, but at the same time you're like mm, I, I might be into it. Like no, but it's like it's so confusing for you too because it's like yeah, sometimes you get you, wanted, you get confused you bonus like that's. <laughs> That's the whole. Yeah, no, literally. That's the whole point. You're like, what the fuck? Like, well, no, that's how it is. That's how traps are. And it just feels like a troll to me sometimes, and I'm just like, why do you hurt me? Well, this that's way? the point. I was just that's reminded the of the scene with um with Kagatora and Daruku when they're waiting outside of the zodiac, the zodiac sign ruins, when Daruku is just drinking out of like out of like a soda cup, and then you see Kagatora go up to her, it's like, it's like you really enjoy drinking that soda, don't you? The way the way he comments oh, on everything that that he does. <laughs> Oh, it's fantastic, but yeah, I I understand Joe's best girl. I, I can see why, in a sense, because uh, personally, as someone who grew up with with Bleach, uh, both the, the manga and the anime, I don't know if you guys are familiar with Bleach, but just I I think the thing for dark skin that I have kind of goes well in anime at least goes back to Yoroichi in Bleach. Do you guys know who that is? Um, dark skin woman with purple hair also. Hmm. Um, and she was, she could transform to the cat. I haven't, I haven't seen Bleach, so I, I, I'm gonna have to search this okay. well, on Rule 34 and the listeners, Bleach fans, you guys know what I'm talking about, right? Is that your actual best girl, Joe, or do you have another one, like, Bish? It's Tensai, isn't it? But, like, be, let's be honest. No, it's, it's, honestly, no? no. Okay. I mean, I, I like Tensai, but, like, you wouldn't say I wouldn't Tensai. call her, I wouldn't say it's best girl, like. Okay. Mm. All right. Um, I actually really liked Yoon. Um, like it's just like I kind of, mm, okay. I just kind of liked her like energetic personality. Is she best girl though? I'd say she was definitely somebody who stood out, but I wouldn't like I wouldn't call her like a best girl. Uh, like, I wouldn't call her the best girl. I would call her like one of the best because I just kind of like because not only did I like her energetic personality and like how she like interacts with everything, like she's just really cute. Like she was very like she's adorable when she was trying to talk with people. Like she just hide behind um what's his name? She'd hide behind um just Jimmy. Because it's very interesting. She's wearing the high school uniform, but she's it, it leads me to believe that she's not in high school. Do you see what I mean? So that that yeah, confuses well, I mean, me a lot. You know, there's also she's also one of the most mysterious, which is why I love her so much. Like mm. you remember the like, the post credit scene at the end of episode eleven, or like like they they basically confirmed that oh like she died in during the um while she was inside the ruins who like you know like did you see the post credit scene no i didn't no. okay so 
basically what happens is that, like wh- you know while they're um while they're going down the the ruins like the zodiac sign ruins mm-hmm. and they find a mm-hmm. bag with blood on it yeah Oh yeah, that that was um Yoon's bag. It's like you like um there were a couple scenes they don't really explain much about it, but like you see like you see um Ishi oh, what was his name again? It was it was Ishin looking at her ID with blood on it, oh, and then you see her like then you see Yoon again like just repeating to herself with a straight face like I don't want to die I don't want to die and then like it zooms into like a treasure oh. chest like a locked treasure chest with triple sevens on it and mm. then it just cuts off there okay I didn't see this but I, I usually don't watch post credit scenes but I you think know, like, my personal my personal theory is that Yoon is kind of like a spirit like na 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 where like she died a month ago when she was like looking into the ruins for um for I- Ikusaba and like I don't know, like the the, the fact that she's saying like, I don't want to die, I don't want to die, just kind of linked the idea. But like, if she's if she's, she's a spirit, time. how come everyone can see her? Well, I mean, it's like Nana, like people could see Nana. Yeah, but Nana is is conformed to her room, and Nana Nana can hide at well, any time. Well, I mean, time. again, it's a theory. Like there's like it's definitely like it's not impossible. Mm-hmm. Uh, sh- should I mention something? Might be a bit spoilerish, but. From, what do you mean? Like, this is spoilerish. Like, this is supposed to be spoilerful. Okay. Alright. Because it might just be me. It might just be me remembering things wrong, but uh, wasn't it hinted that Yun was used by Ikusaba to go through the ruins? It was, because like a month ago, she took a secret job yeah. from Ikusaba yeah. with Taipei. Yeah, exactly. But according to the Wikipedia page, it says something like, um, I don't have it in front of me right now, but I was reading it before we recorded, and it said that... Uh, wait, 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 before we before we go any further, like, in case, like, whatever Kevin's about to read may or may not may- include any spoilers for anything outside of the anime. So I just want to put, the, the, going to keep that in mind while you're listening. So basically... What I read is that Yoon was used by Kusaba, but then wasn't she... She's brought back and her memory is wiped. She didn't remember what... Uh, well, here. During this time, she was missing for several days, and then when she, she returned, she did not remember anything about what had happened. So, yeah. So she took a job request, but failed and was severely injured. So, yeah. That, I don't think she's dead. It'd be, it'd be a pretty big mindfuck, but I think it's just she was injured and basically, like, men in black memory wiped by Ikusaba. Well, how could he have done that, though? It, it, well, there are, it, he does have Nana the Collection. He does, yeah. And he's and bear in mind, um, if I'm not mistaken, he's he was one of the earlier members, so... Who knows? Maybe the ring could, you know, it can suggest mental... No, but he, he, has mo- he has multiple collection items. He has the bell. Yeah. He, you don't know what else he we has. You don't know if that's all he has. Exactly, because he's, of, he, he also mentioned that there was an item that he sold off how do you know that he sold it off or not do you know what i mean yeah um another thing i wanted to get into was kevin who's you didn't say who your best girl was oh well i didn't feel need to mention it because i thought it'd be obvious it it's tensai hell ye all right okay um and i don't really need to explain why because you you basically explained why actually i mean i think that just her i'll write down i'll read you guys what's on in my notes okay and you'll know that notice that it's ex- literally word for word what Bish said, okay? I was like, so the design, let's talk of the design, right? So blonde, check. Petite, check. Snankletooth, check. Right? Just, no. Blonde and snankletooths, I, I think it hits it like goes, a soft spot It goes together. It's like, Senna is the same it's the thing. Senna, it's the Senna syndrome. And I even wrote in my notes, reminds me a bit of Taiga, right? I, I haven't watched the anime yet, right? Toradora. But just from, just because Bish talks about Taiga so much, I was like, okay. It reminds me a bit of Taiga. I think this might be Bish's best girl just because... Just because it looks a lot like Taiga, or she looks a lot like Taiga, right? And I think just her personality, really upbeat. She's very likable as a character. And the only downside I said, 
like I said earlier, it's not really about her character herself. It's more like the way that the, the writer uses her in the plot. You mean like she's too nosy? Like crutch. No, not that. Not that. It's just the way that she's a crutch sometimes. She she feels like a plot device. Oh, we'll just use Tensai to instantly resolve a puzzle, right? So mm. she's kind of like a get-out-of-jail-free card for all the situations, which I find is unfortunate. Isn't there a term for that? Really like a, with like her, a deus ex machina or something? Itself. Isn't there a term for that, like a deus ex machina? Deus ex machina? Well, or is that... just used it. De Deus ex machina is the term. But it's something very interesting because she doesn't, uh, apart from that, she doesn't really have much character development. But she's within the manga and light novels. She's been actually given her own spin-off. Um, so I'd heard. Yeah. I so 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 it means that fine. she's she is quite a popular character amongst amongst a lot of people if they've given her her own you know side story um, in light novel form, no doubt. There's also I want to bring back ships. So let's do this. I, I did say to you guys before the recording, if you had any ships or not, you guys didn't respond, but I'm gonna get I'm gonna get right into this with the ships and I'm gonna say who which ships that I, I propose. Okay. Um one ship I have multiple one ship is, is quite obvious. It's the Tensai uh, Jugo ship. And you, you kinda get that from the first kind of three, uh, four episodes. Okay. And the reason I say that is because, you know, she was like, Oh, hold me you, that that moment when she was like, Hold me. I, I think that was more like fan service. I know, though. but it, it oh. was like, I shipped this, I shipped this. Uh, okay. That that All was right. one of the I'm I'm very excited for ships returning on Kuna, by the way, because we didn't have ships for a long time and yeah. Not only that, it's, it's my best girl, and I want my best girl to have a great ship. Um, I also think another ship of mine has to be Doroku and um, and Tensai. And okay, I, I, I forgive me, Father, for I have sinned. That's one of my ships as well, actually. Okay, and my, my only justification, I'm so sorry, my only justification for that ship is literally in my notes. Because why not? No, because, but... Because, I mean, they are a team. They, they are a team. Because why not? And you That's can see that works. he has... He has affection... That's exactly how it He works, has Joe. affection... What are you for, talking hey, about? Hey, he has affection for... For Tensai. And you know, Tensai doesn't really reciprocate that as much. She's, like, very sundara. And she's like, Oh, yeah, you just... I'm just your master, you know? You can never have any of this. Do you know? I feel that kind of... It also kind of that's why it kind of reminds me of Tiger as well because Tiger is kind of hard to get. So it, it that kind of reminds me, and I and I want him, I want him to just fuck Tensai. Like I want that to happen. Okay, oh well, that's I'm, I'm sorry. Sure I, there I, I get that. Plenty of Rule Thirty Four and um, another ship, which I I want to bring up is please come on. Is Tensai? No, not Tensai. All of them are just gonna oh, have you Tensai. Tensai with everyone. Yeah, no, Tensai is like nugs. Um, no, it wasn't Tensai. It was the other guy. Um, shit. I forgot it. Jugo and... Um, Kagatora? No, Jugo and Doroku. And the maid. What? Yes. Oh, well, huh. Because you, oh. you know he wants okay. it. Okay. You know. Well. You know he's into that. Like, I have a feeling that there's going to be some sort of yaoi okay, well, based he, around he, it. He, he he was into that, he though. He was. It's con completely. It's canon. He's, he's no, into maids. Yeah, no. He, he, in the first, like, episode or two... When he didn't know the truth about uh, about Hoshino, mm. uh, he he was shipping that. You know, he was going for it. But then, you know, fucking Tensai just casually revealed it to him, and his dreams were crushed. So no, he's but even, even no, no, the even revelation. even then, he still is into it because he gets tempted. It's it's like the devil himself is offering him this temptation, and he's he's gets he gets into it. Like he has his like daydreams, or there was one moment where he's trying to look up up the skirt, and then he gets interrupted by the wind. He, uh, it was um it was one of those episodes when they were all sleeping over at, at his house 
And it was just, there was a lot of moments where, you know, he wants to take that action, but then he, then he remembers, oh shit, this is a trap. So that's this why is God's he, territory. Well, yeah, well, <laughs> yeah. He, that's what he wants, basically. So he's in, like, it's, it's obvious that he's into it. I just want to see it happen. And maybe, I think it, it has a good potential for, you know, for Yaoi, I think, to be honest. I'm just saying. Yeah. Bish, out of all these ships, I'm curious to know, what is OTP? OTP, one true pairing, Tensai, and, and Jigo. That's what I'm going to say. Okay. okay. All right. All right. Fair enough. Joe, how about you? Um. Okay, so I only have one. It's... There's only one right ship, Joe, and yeah, if it, you don't it, have it, it's, it I'm going to be you, It's you and Ishin. Uh, what? And here's... Uh, you want to oh. know the reason? You want to the reason why? Bruh. Here, okay, here's what I wrote in my notes as about why this is, this is the ship that I chose. It, you is thirsty as fuck. Yeah, but that doesn't mean that she should be shipped with him. Like, he, he has no part of it. He's like, oh, fuck this bitch. You, you know what I mean? He cares more for Doroku, uh, for Daruku, sorry, than, um, than, than you. Let's be real. But, Wait, I, here's the thing. I'm not really this, good this, with sh making well, ships either. <laughs> like, I don't really think about that. I just think, like, oh, what's natural? D don't, don't worry, Joe, okay? Because your, your ship is wrong, but so is Bish's, okay? I'll tell you what what the right ships are, okay? So first of all, like I said, there's Tensai and Hoshino, all right? But the, the actual OTP, okay, that you guys got completely wrong was Jugo and Fugi, all right? No! Case closed. Yeah, yes, no. yes, explain. no. Explain. I'll, I'll have you explain your ship before I uh, give you... Do I... I'm going to give... If I don't like your... Wait, wait. If I don't like your ship, I'm going to give you a special title. So uh, I'm just going to let you explain. Oh my god. What's up with you and special title? You know what? Well, clearly, clearly, Bish, you don't know what I'm talking about because you... you didn't watch episode seven, or you, you skipped it then? Because if you, if anyone's watched episode seven, they know they know that Jugo and Fugi is the OTP. Okay. Okay. Because that that scene made you want that ship to happen. I'm, right? I'm sorry. Any, I'm gonna have to agree with Kevin with there too. <laughs> you see, you see, Vish. He, Joe sees the light. No. You, I, I'm not. Yes. I'm not convinced. It's 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 time for you to come to come to the light. And because I'm not convinced, you're getting a new title, and it's not. I'll be honest with you, it's not going to be something like director fanfics. Yours is director of traps. That's your new title, Kevin. I'm sorry. That's that's the title that you're that you have now. <laughs> it's punishment. Well, I I resign immediately and give this title no, to Tyson. No, you cannot. You can't give titles. Only I can give titles. You can't. Even if you leave. The titles stay with you. And that's very evident it, with Tyson it, and, and... It's a burden you'll have to bear until you get to the grave. Exactly. Just okay. like Tyson and director what? of fanfics. He'll always be director of fanfics if, and if, you'll always be director of If of it's traps. a punishment because I defend... If I... If it's a punishment for defending the true OTP that you fuse recognize, then I will wear it as a badge of honor, okay? Because every time you mention it, <laughs> I will, I'll be like, Bish, I defended OTP, okay? Wow. But in my defense, Bish, I think that Jugo and Fugi is a more plausible ship than Tensai and Jugo because it's actually hinted at, okay? Tensai, there's no I, fucking I feel like moment it's a where lot more development. actually... But that's not the point of ships. Yeah. That's not the point. The point of ships is to make, like, get, like, a lot of shitty fanfics and have go and Tumblr and see all this kind of stuff. You, you don't need... I don't need to tell oh, is that, you is that how it works, Bish? Jugo. That's how it works. Bish. Joe. No, it's not. Bish, I'll, I'll tell you how it works, okay? We don't need to debate about ships, okay? Or, or OTP. You know why? Because... OTP, you just you just know it when you see it, okay? And Joe and I, we get it. We 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 know that Jugo and Fugi. When you think about it, like, okay, so you have Jugo and Tensai, like it's, it, they're definitely they definitely look like they're the kind of pairing that would work great together. Mm -hmm. But if you see like Yukihime and 
and um, Jugo together, like there's a much deeper like meaning to it because they both already knew each other. And like yeah. they go way back to like the time Matsuri and the time he left with OT we, we will all know who truly yeah, okay. guys anyone that's listening, please tweet at us. Email us. Okay. Oh yeah, email us or Tell tweet us who us. OTP who's, is, who's okay. OTP in this and we'll settle it this way. And in the, ne- the next episode we will try our best to resolve um who's this OTP. Listeners, uh I have faith in you, alright? I'm letting you know that I, Kevin, have faith in you and that I trust you to correct Bish and to um, bring him back from the... and let him see the error of his ways. Now, here, here's what I want you guys to do. I want you guys to, in a package, send Bish a mirror so he can look at himself in self-reflection when he's thinking about what the true LTP is. You're in denial, Bish. I'm sorry. You Maybe need- I am, but that's this is the whole... This is what I love, you know? I love bringing back ships and kunai just because of this. Because of all of this discussion, well, right? I love that. I, I love it because Bish wanted to bring back ships in this episode, and his ship gets. I'm, I'm sorry, Bish, but I think that your your ship is like either sunk or it's 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 barely floating now after the damage that we caused. I, he basically said that your ships are shit. Can we stop using this um this analogy that came from the Nisekoi episode? Come on, let's no, stop. that will never die. No, that will never die, dude. That was no. like the waifu wars episode. That was and. Speaking of uh, waifu wars, Tensai Beska, also Tensai Best Ship. Well, I don't think anyone agrees or disagrees with that, but... I, I, I'm very interested as well, to why you don't support your best gal in ships. That's the whole point of shipping, right? Because I don't see it where... I like her as a character, but I, I'm not gonna... F- like, I already... F- the, my my forced ship, like, my, my Hoshino um, X Tensai ship was a joke ship already, right? But... One, one. I, I think that Tensai and Jugo, it's, just, it's a fantasy. I'm, I'm sorry, Bish. It's a fantasy, and you've deluded yourself. All right, okay. All right? Okay. you're in denial. All right. Maybe I am. You, you. Maybe I. Am. If you contact the author, I swear to God, if you, if you like write a letter to the author, be like, hey, who's, who's OTP? They'll write back, and they'll be like, yeah, it, it, Kevin's right. You're wrong, Bish. What? Why would they say Kevin's right? They don't know who you are. They're like, yeah, yeah, that guy, Kevin. He's, he's great guy, man. Yeah. Why, why wouldn't he know who I am? Anyways. Um, I think that we're not going anywhere with this uh, the ship debate. I think it's it's clear it's 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 clear that Bish has lost the debate. <laughs> I have n- I have never lost an OTP debate, and I'm not gonna uh-huh. start losing now. All right, fans, tell us who's right. Okay, that that'll be the, the deciding factor. Okay, you write to us, you let us know. Watch the anime okay? and then tell and us. I look I look forward to the day where Bish eats his own words and he he runs crying because he knows that. True OTP is Jugo okay, okay, and Okay, okay, let's move on right. to more important stuff and talk about the art style and the animation on this one. I thought Sweet. the art style does remind me a lot of Oremo and I found out that it was done by the same animation studio. There is a lot of things within there, like the how you looks, you know, within the opening sequence when right at the end, like when, they, um, when they're standing and it says Nana's buried treasure and Nana's in the chest. There's that one, the way she's standing reminds me of um, Kirino from from Orimo. So it, it was very like reminiscent of Orimo and the fact that they have the um, Snaggletooth thing, also another Orimo thing there. And it was just the, the characters, do you know what I mean? Like the way the female characters look, it was just typical Orimo for me and it was typical A1 pictures. So I, I really enjoyed the art style and the colors as well was very vibrant. And um, I'll be honest with you, there was a wide range of colors within the color palette. And there was um, a bunch of different animation techniques that we saw in there. We saw traditional 2D animation. We've also seen 3D animation. I'm not sure if you guys noticed this when the- yeah, I did um, notice it with like the gears and- With the, the gears the moving and the way yeah. the, the ruins would move. And I thought that was very interesting. Although it's not, it's not the best 3D animation, but I think it fits in well 
with with the art style and with with the current 2D animation within this, and it didn't feel out of place. I don't know what you guys think of that, though. Yeah, about that, uh, I'll start with the 2D animation because that's what was just mentioned. Uh, it was okay. I I was expecting it to be used a bit more, uh, but I find I was, I was a bit disappointed by the fact that it, to my knowledge, from what I noticed while watching, I didn't really notice it being used outside of the, the gears for when the... Uh, the stages were being set up. Other than that, I don't recall any 3D animation being used. And it's a shame that it's only used for that one specific thing. And, and if real quickly, it's always the exact same animation. You know why it's always too. the same animation? Because probably to save money. To save time. money, because 3D animation is very expensive. Yeah. But yeah. there is there is more uh, unique animations within the setup. Like for example, on the first one with the tables moving, that was all 3D animate. I'm mm -hmm. not sure yep. if you may or may not have realized yep. that, but. It's there's also the opportunities like there are some you're not going to be 3D animating a lot of things there isn't many things to to introduce that um, the use of 3D animation like they're not going to just randomly yeah. 3D animate na 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 but you do see it within the game as well like when she's playing video games they are real real is that 3D, 3D animated or is that just some like game footage? some are 3D animated because not not all of them are real games but there are some real games in there like Sega games. Like you, you see at some point there was Tekken as well. She's not playing Tekken. She's playing um, Virtual Fighter. Oh, That's okay. why I said that there are Sega games. So it makes me think that Sega was probably within the production committee for this anime. So that's why they have the games in there. I've also noticed that there there is a game similar to Monster Hunter. I I can't confirm whether yep. it was Monster Hunter she was playing, but you know she is she's playing a bunch of real games and games that looked like they were rendered for the purpose of of. Of this animation, uh, you said that there was a rich color palette, mm -hmm. right? Um, for me, I find that like I mentioned it before in my first impressions that the colors look nice, um, very smooth. The sh edges are very sharp in the characters. Not the most sharp I've seen, but it's good. Uh, but I will say about the color palette that looks nice. But I would like to see more contrast because I did find that overall the colors have a very light shade to them, right? And that's not bad. But it's just, if if you make the contrast greater, it would pop a bit more and make, look nicer. I'll be opinion. honest with you, there there is opportunity to do that within the ruins and and the puzzles because they tend to be quite dark. But I'm very surprised that they didn't kind of take that opportunity to do that, as you mentioned. Mm, I did well, like it had that A one touch. Like mm. that's what it really comes down yeah. to. Like it, it mm -hmm. it's something that I, like I expected nothing less from A one and like their ability to just mix a bunch of colors together and make something pop out. It's like Nanana's colors, for example, they look beautiful. Mm. Like the character, the colors that go with her character, are just like just stunning to me. They pop out and they're just very colorful. Like it matches her personality. Oh, there's an, another thing that I wanted to mention. Nanana reminds me of, um, you know, the shelter animation also done by A1 Pictures. It reminds me mm. of the of the protagonist of that one. I forgot her name. Ah, I've never heard of it. Rin. You've never heard of of shelter. You've never seen no. shelter. It's amazing. Nope. Go go and, and go on Crunchyroll or go on YouTube because it's on YouTube now. Type in shelter animation and watch. What it kind of show is it? It's it's like it's a music video. It's like a music video for um, Porter Robinson, his oh. um, and Madion. So they did a collaboration, and A One Animation Studio. They're the ones that animated it, and it has a story behind it as well. So it does. Looking at Nanana does remind me of Rin, the character from um, from Shelter, and I, I and you can tell like it, it is that A One flair and the style behind it. The fact that they are both wearing the similar clothing and have similar 
hairstyles going on as well. But yeah. Animation aside, what do you guys think of the opening and ending? Opening and ending. Oh. Uh, I didn't like the opening that much. I, I liked the ending, though. I didn't like mm. either one. Well, okay. well let, me, let me take that back. Like, I liked the ending more than the opening. Like, the ending alone, like, isn't something that I'm, like, I'm really, that was really excited to listen to every time. Because, like, it's something I've heard, like, multiple times in mm. other shows before. Yeah. Um, it's just, like, I guess it's, like, compared to the opening, which was just awful. Like it, it The was opening better. was awful. Really? And, and to be honest, it didn't seem like it fit the anime. Or even, even the intro. It didn't Like, the intro reminded me a lot of Haganai. Like, I can imagine the Haganai music fitting in with Nanana's, like, animation intro. But the music just seemed wrong. It was like... It kind of reminded me of like this weird anime from the... Like a detective anime from the 90s or... I'm not going to say Detective Conan because I actually had a great intro. But I mean, it, it, it has this weird nostalgia feeling to it that uh, yeah. shouldn't be there. Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. I sort of agree in that, you know, it's not exactly a masterpiece, to put it lightly. Right? Um... I thought the music was decent, not great. But for whatever reason, though, this may surprise you, for whatever reason, I didn't really ever skip it. And I think it has to do with, like, the music isn't that great, sure, but the animation layout reminds me a bit... I'm sorry. Reminds me a bit of the Haganai ending, you know, with the ribbons and all that. Especially with the Hoshino pose reminding of, of uh, Maria, right? Um, I guess it's just, like, the callback to the Haganai ending, which I... And I really liked the Haganai ending for, I believe, season, season one or two. I don't remember which one. Um, and I really liked that ending. So I guess because of that, I just, you know, listened to and watched the opening whenever I could. Like, the opening ending were one thing, but, like, the, as far as the BGM's concerned, like, I, I, I thought it was catchy and it fit, like, a lot of the scenes. Mm. But, like, although it was catchy, like, it's not something unique. Like, I've heard oh, okay. it a, a million times. Like, I've heard a lot yeah. before in the past. I, I understand. Like, though I, I will but... admit, like, there are, like, a couple of tracks that kind of stood out to me. Like, for me, for me... I, I feel very different about that. Like, you've, I, I understand why you've said that. It, it does sound very generic in the sense that you've heard it elsewhere mm. before. And I, I, I agree with that, but at the same time... There are mo- I I can't deny that the the OST is quite beautiful, especially when yeah. I was going to st- I was that was actually what I was going to go to like there were a couple tracks that did stand out to me like it's like there were times when like there would be like a very serious scene and like you it wouldn't be like cheery or wouldn't be very active music it would kind of be like it would be like very like mysterious or like relaxing that you would hear in the background that that music I really enjoyed because it, like it made you think about the scene. I completely agree with you, but the the one thing in particular was was Tensai's theme. I'm not sure if you guys recognize it. It was that... Oh my god, we're back to Tensai. We're back... <laughs> Everything revolves around Tensai. Tensai is like the new Nagisa at this moment. But, um... No, but seriously. Tensai's theme was great. I, I loved it. It was like... It had this kind of sleuth kind of music to it. It had a bit of jazz. It had a bit of violins as well. And it kind of reminded me of Final Fantasy. I don't know why, but it was just... You know, because Final Fantasy does use a lot of violins and and um, orchestral soundtrack but it did remind me a lot of that i'm not saying the music was as amazing as something like blast of tempest which was pretty up there like yeah that was next level that shit. was le- next level shit up there and i think that had the best music of an anime i've ever seen but it's it's quite good like i i can't say the music was shit but there was some memorable pieces and i think if someone offered me the opportunity to buy it on itunes I would buy a couple of tracks, not all of it, but I would buy a couple of tracks and, and listen to it on my daily commute, I think. Hmm, okay. For me, um, 
I don't know if it tells you anything, all right? But I uh, actually wrote nothing in my notes for the OST. I just added it something quickly before the recording. That tells you something about what I thought. Honestly, it's, ugh, I'm, I, it pains me to say this, but mediocre in the sense that I never personally felt any connection to it. There was never a moment where I stopped and I was like, oh shit, that fits very well. Right? Then again, there was never a moment where I was like, oh shit, this does not fit at all and it was completely complete crap. But that's just telling you how much I like what I feel about this. I just don't feel anything about this OST. It it's just there. It didn't make me feel more attached to any particular scenes, but it wasn't terrible either. It's kinda like somewhere in between unfortunately. It gets the job done, I guess. Nothing too too noteworthy for me personally. I I agree with you there. I think, as you mentioned, it is quite mediocre, and as as you said, it, it wasn't something very memorable. But I, I do like a couple of uh, pieces there. I think there were there were some gems in there. It might just be me like being used to because again, you know, we've watched a lot of anime on Kunai, right? And some of them have amazing soundtracks. You know, Blast and Tempest and Attack on Titan are the two that we mentioned a lot for their beautiful OSTs. Um, so I might be a bit biased uh, when discussing these, but it's just, it doesn't scratch that itch for me when it comes to OSTs, unfortunately. Everything else about the anime is great, but the OSTs, not one, not one of them, unfortunately. Um, one thing I wanted to, to mention, we already kind of spoke about our gripes and grumbles kind of in between everything so let's get on to the big question do you guys want to see a second season i think that we kind of need one like it's it's ended in such an abrupt way we definitely do one. especially with that post-credit scene mm -hmm. i mentioned like fish you didn't see it yeah. but it definitely paved like it basically paved the whole new road of where the show could go like i don't know yeah. if it could be it'd be like like a 20 something episode season like maybe it'd be like 11 episodes like before but like they kind of know what they should start with that I agree, but do you think it should be? Um, what, how many episodes do you think it should be? I, I kind of like this 11-episode type deal that we get. Um, I think you should stick with 11 episodes. I don't know, like... I think 11 or 12. I, d I don't think it should be 24, personally. Because, realistically, uh, I think that Nana... I don't have any numbers in front of me. I can't crawl anything, but... I think Nana's was decently successful. Uh, there's, there's no one I hear that, you know, absolutely fucking hates it. Um... I enjoyed it. I'll be honest with you, I, I, I feel that none of this kind of like this hidden gem in terms of anime, because not many people really talk about it, unless you encourage people to talk about it. Like, I don't see many people on any Twitter that like, at, even at the time of it airing, I don't, I didn't see many people that were like, oh yeah, this is amazing, blah, blah, blah. There was only rare occurrences of people talking about the anime. It, I, it, I'd say it was one of the shows that were... That was more like a diamond in the rough. Mm, exactly. Yeah, like, I do think you would benefit from a second season, but it shouldn't yeah. be too long. Like I think like another like eleven episodes should be fine. I, I say twelve. I would like to see first off. I would like to see a second season because the plot necessitates it. Right, kind of a cock tease. Otherwise, you know, kind of like Hagenai season two's ending. But um, I digress. That will that's discussion for another day. Uh, as to whether it's twelve episodes, eleven episodes, or twenty four episodes, that I want to see. I think that hey, season one was twelve episodes. It worked fine. But I honestly. Being a person that has not read the the novels that take place after the anime, I cannot say how the plot will be organized. Because maybe the way that the novels, um, you know, play out, maybe it's better for it to for them to have a twenty-four episode format. But I can't comment personally. I think that eleven or twelve episodes would be fine. I, I think um, another thing that would I think might be interesting is maybe potentially having an OVA. Um, in between, like, for example, there was a light novel based on Tensai, and I know I'm mentioning Tensai a lot, but I think that would be interesting to have her, her storyline as an OVA, and potentially going on with the second season. I don't think there would be a second season, usually, 
they they would kind of announce something around this time. You know, we're being hopeful, saying three years from the original airing date that there should be a second season. But I highly doubt. I honestly highly doubt that this will get a second season unless people demand it. Like that's what I feel. But yeah, what was your? Would you recommend this anime to a friend? I I suggested it to you guys because I felt that this was an anime that was great for discussion and it's great just like a good old ah I don't know it makes me feel good when I'm watching it and I would definitely recommend this to other people especially people who are new to anime. For me I I would recommend it to people who you know who are fans of the genre right like I shamelessly made lots of connections to Hagenai because I felt that it was similar in some regards to Hagenai right so people who enjoy those shows who enjoy the harem genre in general like you know Yamada and Isikoi it has a lot of the comedic elements lighthearted moments that those anime share. Um, on top of that, if you want, you're looking for, you know, anime in the harem genre that is a bit more serious, perhaps this is definitely the anime to go for. As to whether or not I'd recommend it to people completely new to anime, I wouldn't be against it. But I, I think that there are probably better choices. I can't think of any better choices at the top of my head. But I'm. I wouldn't say it's one of the shows that you like that you need to wait a while to watch. But like I'd say, have some sort of experience with anime before you're starting. Yeah. It. So, you, so you're kind of like used to the various like um, concepts that are put into the shows. Best intro either. I'm kind of neutral in that regard, to be completely honest. So guys, um, as you may or may not have uh, been able to deduce from Vish's insane reaction to uh, my mentions of Fugi, uh, and Fugi being a better non-shit version of Yozara, the next episode, I'm really excited for this, is Haganai Season 2. It is the episode that I've been waiting for, that I've been waiting to do since forever, honestly. And I hope you guys are, in, are very excited, because I certainly am. And uh, expect a lot. I'll be honest yeah. with you. Part two is a lot better than than season S- one. Season two, yeah. But season one isn't bad. But, but season, season two, two is a lot is better. The ultimate goal. Yeah. It's it's. I only suggested. I mentioned this in the episode itself. I only suggested season one because we had to cover it. Everyone covers season exactly. Two. So, so that's the rules of kunai. Um, yeah. Before we leave, let's say goodbye. Um, but before we say our goodbyes, remember, guys, you can send us your suggestions at our Twitter page on at G-A-L-P Kunai, as well as our new website. We've recently got a new website, brand spanking new, www.getalifepodcast.com forward slash contact. That's where you can send us your anime suggestions. Remember, it has to be less than 30 episodes or we won't cover it. That's just it. Um, also... If you want to watch Nonetheless Buried Treasure, you can do so on Crunchyroll. If you go to crunchyroll.com forward slash kunai, you'll be obviously supporting the podcast. You get yourself that free 14-day free trial of Crunchyroll Premium. So that's no ads and unlimited anime for 14 days. No, there's like a lot of anime. Yeah, it's pretty pretty much unlimited anime. They also have a manga as well. They also have a lot of manga you can watch That's true. They do have a lot of manga. Um... So if you're bored of that, you can just go watch more anime, read some manga, do whatever you want to do with that. You can find me at Get Alive Podcast on Twitter. Kevin? Yeah, I'm at The Tempest Phoenix. Phoenix spelled F-E-N-I-X. I'm at Kibo Gamer, spelled K-I-B-O-U-G-A-M-E-R. And one thing I want to say before we actually finish off the episode, thank you everyone for, over the coming months, we have received some fan suggestions and we did implement them with Excel World and we'll be continuing to do so in the future. Uh, and, And also thanks for the people that have been giving us some feedback. I've noticed it with Panty and Stocking 
and with other episodes. So thank you very much for all of your suggestions. Keep it coming and GG. Talk to you guys later.